This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. God is good. Are you thankful for the blood? Now, say, are you thankful for the blood? Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I see this place through the eye of faith, people everywhere coming to be healed and find out the truth. You know, the blood, you know, that blood covenant's between Jesus, that part, everything else falls in place because you realize it's, it's totally about him. And uh, it takes us out of the picture. Our life is hidden in Christ. And uh, I got that revelation of the blood covenant. <coughs> That means that God, to be God, is totally, absolutely committed to that covenant. If he left that covenant, he would no longer be God. Because he swore by no other. <laughs> there is no other. <laughs> Couldn't go to a higher authority, a higher court, uh, another God somewhere. Said, Michael, go on the other side of the universe, see if there's anybody over there. <laughs> And God said, I looked around, there was nobody. <laughs> it's, it's me, so I swore by myself, you know. This is it, and uh, period, done deal. <laughs> Aren't you glad some things are a period, done deal? <laughs> unchanging God, unchanging Father. So, you know, I was thinking, uh, hey, a little bit humorous time uh, this morning, had several things to do, and uh, I'm getting ready to leave, and uh, I can't find my phone, which is uh, not good. So I'm looking around for the phone. Then I'm trying to find Ellen. Then I tell her, call me on the phone. I'm out in the car, and she, I thought you were gone. Can't find my phone. So I said, call me. So then I'm going, well, I may have left upstairs. I'm heading upstairs, and all of a sudden, zzz, zzz, it's in my pocket. <laughs> and then you realize that Jesus is there all the time. <laughs> the Lord starts speaking to me, where's Jesus? We're looking around for Jesus. Oh, he's inside of us. He's connected. And... Um, the other day, I had a, a really neat experience. Had a, a couple called one prayer, very need a miracle, and uh, so went over to pray. And it was one of those days, you know, that you're just so busy with stuff, you don't feel feel feelings. There was no spiritual feelings whatsoever, and um, you know, been there, you know, many times before. You just go, so how you go? I'm going faith because I I have a covenant. I'm Jesus is with me, so I go, and there comes God. And you just shake your head because it's like, uh, I mean, he comes in such power and glory. It's like you'd spent a couple weeks in prayer and fasting there. He's there. But it just reminds me or us that he's always there. He's there. And it's not based on us doing every duck in a row and everything because how many know you'll never get them all in a row? It's always going to be one <laughs> that's going to be quacked up. <laughs> Come on. Quacked up going off this way. 
And you never get them in a row, and the enemy's saying, you don't have them in a row. He said, no, but Jesus does, and that's all that matters. <laughs> so I'm just going to look at some scriptures. Um, as you know, Terry uh, put out the information that uh, July and August were taking our, our summer break, but uh, we don't take a summer break from healing. Keep looking for opportunities to touch lives and, and bring healing and, and many times, anytime you have an opportunity to pray for someone you do, it's a victory. Because you're planting seeds you may not see. I, I believe, just like you do, I want instant results. But sometimes it's God's dealing with that person wherever. But it is a victory. And you're planting seeds. Jesus said some plant seeds, some water. You know, some get the, get the harvest. So uh, continue to pray for people. I, I do think it's the untapped place of evangelism for the body of Christ that if we see someone sick, we go get them healed, they accept Jesus. And what a great uh, tool that we have. Uh, do I like all the other tools? I do. I do. But I've seen more just praying for a person than anything because when God touches their life, touches their heart, there's no denying it. And they go, man. God's real. It's just like the guy uh, at work. He was a young guy, didn't want anything to do with the Lord. And uh, he knew where we all stand. We just loved on him and had good time with him and stuff. And, and we had had this meeting, and he was just miserable. Knew he was, you know, he just, I mean, you could hear him. The, the speakers are up there, and, you, you know, his nose running. He was just bad place so after the uh meeting he runs out and uh, goes back to the office and I, i'm right there behind him so we we get up there and nobody's there yet i said can i pray for you he goes yes that's his first you know before he would have gone get out of here you know uh, he said yes so i come over i knew people were coming i could actually hear him at the elevator so i just did one of those super spiritual go back to my seat people are coming. lord touching healing that was it i go back to my seat people are coming in i just look over and stare at him and he looks up from his desk at me he goes wow i'll never forget it and god had just healed him every symptom everything gone well, what happened after that? He got born again. He, he spent a long time with Prince Mongo running around on a motorcycle with him. And, uh, <laughs> and he, he said that he was one of the most intelligent guys you'd ever meet. I mean, he's putting on a show all the way to the bank. But anyway, where is he, by the way? Okay, I don't know if he's in Zambodia right now or not, or the other planet. But <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. So smart guy. But but anyway, uh, because God touched him, he opened his heart to the Lord and got and got saved. So that this thing in my department, we just started gathering steam, and the whole department became uh, a Christian department. And when I retired, uh, they put out. Uh, things all over the, the building down there come to uh, Bob's retirement party, but it had me with a Bible 
and said, come to the service. We had praise and worship, singing. We had prayer. We had, it was a service. And this is in their main auditorium and everything. We have all the VPs. They all come, you know, they're go watch and all this. They're all there. And uh, God just showed out. And uh, it was just, there was people that left, my own family left and go, I just feel like I've been in charge. I said, you have. <laughs> yeah. Come on. I don't know if we're recording. I guess we are recording. Yeah, I don't know if y'all know or not, but I used to be the praise and worship leader for Pastor Bob. And, uh, uh, we, were at we were at practice over on Ross Road, and uh, we just did this beautiful love song. Uh, we just worked up for the Lord, and, and so uh, we got through, and uh, I left, and I was driving down Shelby Drive. And, this, and all of a sudden, I felt the Holy Spirit say, go by Tim's house. And, uh, and I was going, man, that's sort of weird. I hadn't seen Tim in three or four years, you know. And so I just sort of fluffed it off and kept on driving. Get down a little ways further, and next thing you know, the Lord said, what is this? You know, I saw Tim's house. I'm going, man, what in the world is this? You know, I saw out. I mean, you know, I was being hard-headed. Drove all the way down to end of Shelby Drive, and, and Tim lived around the corner from the church. And so... Uh, I got down there, and, and, and uh, I felt the Holy Spirit say, well, I guess you're not going by Tim's house. Boy, I whipped that car around, and I went right to Tim's house. And I'm going there, and I'm thinking, what in the world am I going to say to him? I hadn't seen him in three years, you know. So go knock on the door. His mother walks to the door. And uh, I'm standing there, and I, you know, back then, I got long hair now, but it was really long. I think it back at that long. And so I walked over the door, and she's looking at me like, mm, who's this guy, you know? And, and I said, uh, is Tim here? She says, yeah, but he's real sick. He's been sick for a couple of weeks, and he's in here on the couch. And I said, well, is there any way I can talk to him? She said, yeah, come on in. So I go in there, and he goes, hey, what's going on, Jack? I said, man, it's good to see you. And I said, yeah, it's good to see you. I hear you're sick. And he goes, yeah. And he said, I've been feeling very well. And so we talked a little bit and everything, and I didn't say anything about praying for him or anything, but I, I, he says, uh, I asked him, I said, are you still playing guitar? And he goes, yeah, matter of fact, I just bought a brand new guitar. So he says, why don't you play it? So I go over and pick up the guitar, sit down and play the song that we worked up at the church and everything, stayed there for about five minutes, put the guitar down. I said, well, I love you, brother. You know, I said, I'll talk to you soon. Everything walked out, got in the car, and I was driving away going, duh, man, that was, what world was that, right? <laughs> yeah. Listen to this. Two days later, he calls me and says, I got to feeling great. I went to church, and I gave my life to the Lord. Hallelujah. This, and, all right, and, so, and, and not only that, is after that, his wife was a non-believer. She didn't want to have nothing to do with it, and she wouldn't take the kids to church or anything like that at all. So uh, uh, he kept going to church and getting, getting, getting to church. He got into the uh, music minist uh, ministry for the children at the church, children's church doing this, and the next thing you know, his wife gets saved, both of his kids get saved, they go out to Collierville, they're in a big church out there, and he gets offered a big, bigger opportunity in Nashville to go serve the Lord and everything, and uh, 
And a part of his mother's testimony is this. She says, I'll never judge a man by the way he looks again. <laughs> she said, I, I was looking at this guy going, man, this guy's a hippie. <laughs> she said, it's a hippie. Got my, helped get my son saved. Uh, but I give all the glory to, uh, to the oh, Lord for you. doing that and everything. But, uh, but that was how many years ago? He calls me every year on the day that, and I think it was like 15 or 16 years ago, was that? Was longer than that? Yeah. Yeah, maybe so. But all I know is, is this. If the, if the Holy Spirit prompts you to say and do something, even if it doesn't look right, feel right, you don't even know why you're doing it, do it. Because it changes people's lives forever. It does. I remember, Tim, I remember that, yeah. that testimony. And, um, and, and still, he remembers that it has that date that he contacts uh, Jack and uh, but what's the scripture say Linda that you were sharing this morning that if God will use Jack to bring someone to the Lord through healing he'll do it again through us he's no respecter of persons so we got just put your hands up said Lord these are your hands Use these hands to touch the sick, to raise the dead, to see bondages broken. I release the anointing of the Holy Spirit, resurrection power, dunamis, explosive power through these hands. I realize it's not me, but it's you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm your willing vessel. I lay down my life. I'm submitted to you. And Lord, I thank you that you're glorified through my life. All the honor, all the glory, all the praise, all the worship goes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Those hands... God says to use hands. Use your hands to bless. There's a transmission. There's a release. We've all felt the release through somebody laying hands on us, right? And you can release it in yourself. Just lay hands flat, dab on yourself. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Jesus' name. Glory to God. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. There's, there's something else. Who else have prompting to share something? Anybody? Jesus. This isn't based on our worthiness. It's based on his worthiness. He's enough. The enemy says we're not enough but we're not in ourselves we're in him and he's more than enough he's bigger than our mistakes he's bigger than any place we've messed up he's the lord of glory hallelujah yes mm. jesus jesus Hallelujah. 
The Lord has shown me dreams of people getting healed and coming to him. And I, I still believe they're going to come to pass. I still believe God's going to use the body of Christ and we're going to do the works of Christ. And we're going to see great victory. We're going to see people's uh, chains fall off. We're going to see addictions come off. We're going to see creative miracles. We're going to see people that had no limbs have limbs. Uh, I've had dreams where uh, the Lord said, just touch and rub the nub. And I'm praying for somebody. I touch and rub the nub, and it grew out before my eyes. I believe that that's, that's the Lord speaking to us. And we all want to be a part of that. So keep on keeping on. Don't take the summer off. There's no off time in the family of God. I don't want off from him. Amen. <laughs> I need a vacation from God. No, you don't. You need a vacation too, God. We did something wrong with you, man. <laughs> Yes, it's a lifestyle. Intimacy with Jesus. That's, what, that's where it's all at. If you do that, everything else will fall in order. Come in line. All right, I'm just going to share uh, a few things uh, put down. First Peter 2, 24 says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having uh, died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. The word healed, there's the word salvation or sozo. We know sozo is the all-inclusive word of Scripture, which means it is the new birth. It is being born again, but it's being healed. It's being set free from bondages. It means creative miracles, made whole. It means prosperity, to do well. Everything is in that word. So we see here that it's used as, as healing. So sozo, or the redemptive work of the Christ uh, at the cross, includes healing. It, this isn't just something that God's, well, I'm going to add on a little icing on the cake. Now, this is part of the cake, too. This is important that God thought was important enough that he had Jesus take our sins and also take our sickness, our infirmities, our pains, our emotional stress and torment, put all down Jesus because he loves us. He cares about us physically and emotionally, mentally. He cares about every area. And Jesus paid a great price for us to have that. So healing is just as much a part of the finished work as forgiveness, forgiveness of sins. That means I need to resist sickness as much as I do sin. Because it was bought same, the same purchase price, the cross paid for both. And we need to, sickness should not be optional for a Christian. That's what I'm saying. For we don't, well, forgiveness, brother, that's optional. You don't have to take that. You don't have to have forgiveness of sins. All, it's all inclusive gospel. Everyone's going to heaven. <laughs> it's the grace of God, brother. Well, I'm, I'm a grace believer, but let me tell you, you need forgiveness of sins. You must be born again or you're not going. And there must be forgiveness of sins. But we resist 
Just the same way I resist uh, lying or, or cheating or adultery, murder. I resist. I'm to resist sickness and disease that way. And I think a lot of times we get to where we just take it as normal. And it's, we're, we're all affected by it. Um, and we have to stay on top of it that sickness is not normal for a Christian. Let me say this, living in normal, liver is not normal. That's abnormal. It's not normal. Living in sickness as a believer is not normal. It's not God's way. It's not what God has for us. So we need to get to where healing isn't optional. And I still find that most Christians are embracing sickness. You know, they take ownership. My headache, my flu, my crippling arthritis, my, you know, whatever it is. Taking ownership of it instead of resisting it. Christians are embracing it when we're supposed to resist it. And then we're expecting to receive from God when we're actually in agreement with the very thing, embracing the very thing we're trying to get God to take away. Look, we go out there in the harvest field, we can touch lives. And the enemy wants to keep us sick. He wants to attack us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it'll stop us in our tracks. He purchased and paid for divine health and life. So the, the enemy is out to get us to buy into the lie, to embrace the lie. I mean, most, most Christians don't even believe in healing or the power of God. So there, there is a remnant, though. There is a people that do believe, and we have to go forth and, and uh, release that in the earth. Jesus paid the price for us in spirit, soul, and body. So we got to believe the word of God. So I believe in healing. I believe in health. And I resist anything that comes against that. He suffered for us to have eternal life. He suffered for us to live in health. In Isaiah 52, 14, that's from the Amplified. For many, the, the servant of God became the object of horror. Many were astonished at him. His face and his whole appearance was marred more than any man's. Another translation says, but many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. His image was so marred, he did not look like a man anymore. He didn't look human. Can you imagine the what Jesus took. Jesus took every disease, every sickness into his body. And his face took cancer and tumors and all the junk. It affected his face because every part of his body was affected and took sickness and disease. Every disease, every sickness came into his body. So his face was full of pain. His face was full of suffering. His image was marred and did not look like a man. When we see a picture of Jesus on the cross, it's not a true picture. 
it would have to be something that we'd all turn our face from because it said people were, had, they were in horror. They, there was a torture to looking at his face, the pain and the suffering and the price that he, he took. But healing's a gift from God. Jesus paid a huge price for our health, and he cares about our bodies. You can't be neutral about sickness or disease and receive from God or have God actually to flow through you. can't be neutral about this thing. And what's neutral, it's being lukewarm. You hit and miss every once in a while. New, uh, neutral or lukewarm about this thing. There'll be a hit and miss every once in a while. I remember my parents, they, they uh, in their church, they had a guy who had brain tumors. They prayed for him. He was healed. I remember I was amazed because I thought, I thought all that ended with the apostles. What, what happened? Well, we all know uh, every once in a while, <laughs> you know, you mean every once in a that made it worse. I'm thinking every once in a while God likes somebody more than he likes somebody else. And he, I, was, uh, I, I don't know about this. It, it, I, I just remember it was just intriguing to me. This guy was supposed to die, yet he lived and nobody could tell me why. I said, well, everybody was praying, right? And you're saying it passed away the apostles. What were you praying? Well, we were praying for God to heal. I don't think you believe in healing, do you? Well, we were just praying to God. What were you saying to him? <laughs> there was a disconnect. <laughs> okay, I got it. You can't be neutral, so you've got to resist being neutral about sickness and disease. I don't mean we're, we go off kooky uh, against people and just, you know, I really can't stand you because you got a big hangnail and I oppose sickness and disease. <laughs> no, we love people. We embrace people and love them. And you, you can let your opposing sickness and disease, they don't even have to know it inside you're opposing I, I, I take offense that a child of God is being attacked by something that Jesus bought and paid for at the cross that he suffered even in his face to where he was marred his image was so messed up he didn't even look human I want Jesus to get everything all the glory everything he purchased I want him to get so therefore, I oppose the sickness and disease. You know, I had somebody taking authority and, you know, how much do you think about the devil? Not a lot. If he just shows up, I take authority over him and tell him to go. I don't think about him. <laughs> I'm just serving God and, and going on. But if he does show up, we take authority and tell him the, the, the scram. But sickness and disease is the work of the enemy, Jesus said. He came to heal all those oppressed of the enemy. So that's the enemy's work. So we want to, we want to bring, we want to bring healing. We want to bring wholeness. And you know, people, you and you hear it all the time. You know, I'm trying to catch a cold, or I'm, I'm trying to, uh, you know, what's wrong with you? I'm trying to catch the bird flu. Or maybe if you put some fake wings off and you flew some. <laughs> I, I, and I know what they're saying, but well, we've got to be smart and um, 
One thing uh, I'd mentioned before back in the early days, not bailing, if I wasn't feeling good, couldn't tell my boss and all that. And uh, the Lord really gave me a way out. I would, I would say I'm fighting against a code. I'm fighting against this. And that was always received because that was the truth. I wasn't receiving it. I'm opposing it. Amen? Amen. If God is against sickness, we're to be against it. The worst thing you can do is start accepting it. Accept the aches, the pains, the diagnosis of the enemy. Well, you're just getting old. There's nothing you can do. You're going to lose your mind. That's not what the Word says. The Word says the memory of the, ble- uh, of the blessed, the the memory of the just is blessed. Thank you. And the just is us. We're just righteous because of the blood, because of the price that was paid. So our memory is blessed. Well, God's trying to teach me something. What's he trying to teach you of cancer? Are you saying you're a better parent than God is? Are you saying you love your children? You would never, ever train your kids, here, have some cancer, have some pain, have some torment. You'd never do it. You'd be arrested for it. But we'll think we're better than parenting God and have more love than God. He's not, the Bible says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's the enemy that's work. So God's not teaching us any. Can we learn something in it? Yeah. You turn to God, you can learn something. But God wants you to learn from his word. It's, I'd rather learn from the Word than going through something like that. <laughs> Amen? Okay, uh, Isaiah 53, 2. My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root and dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. So it's saying here there was no beauty in Jesus for us to have our attention drawn to him. You know Jesus started suffering before the cross? Can you imagine being the creator and you're walking this earth and nobody recognizes you? Nobody, it's just like there's nothing there. People are drawn to you. And yet you created all these people, every person you're passing by. And you're seeing the work of the enemy you're seeing, and you're, you're the truth. <laughs> you're walking on the word of God, walking on this earth in truth. And can you imagine the, the suffering that he was going through, that he, he could set people free if you'll just believe. Mm. I don't know if you've ever just felt plain, maybe out of sight, maybe devalued, rejected, just just you. Well, Jesus bore that for you. Jesus bore just being rejected, being uh, of no value, no one given attention to, not enough, not being good enough. Jesus bore that. Out of mind of most people, Jesus bore that. He bore depression. He bore oppression. In verse 3, he was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, and that, that means pains there, acquainted with deepest grief, and that's sickness and disease and mental uh, torment. Also, it, it's, it's grief. Uh, 
We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised, and we did not care. <laughs> Here's love. <laughs> love has come to earth. He's walking amongst us. He's come on a rescue mission. And he's despised and rejected. He's taking our sickness, our disease, our emotional torment. He's taking all that on himself because he loves us. And yet, we don't care. We don't even care. We just reject him and despise him. Thank God it was Jesus being one of us. There may have been a bad day and we will rose up. People are going to know who I am today. <laughs> Do you see this guy here? Hey. <laughs> but not, not Jesus. He was despised, rejected. And when you look these words up, I mean, to despise means disdain. He was contemptible. He was thought of to scorn. He was thought of and looked at as a vile person. The very opposite. What's the enemy trying to do? He tries to blame God for what he's doing. A vile person. Can you imagine Jesus being that? Verse 4, yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. We thought his troubles were a punishment from God. A punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be made whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. The love of God. That's the reason when we get to heaven, we're all going to bow down before him. We're all going to bow down. Nobody's going to go, look at me. Look what I did. It's you're on your you're on your you're on your face before him. He could not speak. Why why couldn't he speak? If he had spoke, he'd said everybody. Uh, he'd set himself free. Legions of angels would came. He had to be quiet. He had to let this unjust personal condemnation against him that he was taken for the rest of the human race, he had to be quiet about it. That's suffering there. He had to allow this unjust situation to take place where our deserved eternal punishment could be acquitted and paid for in full. So he kept quiet and took our judgment it was paid for in full. He was, like, he was led like a lamb to slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants. That his life was cut short in midstream, nobody cared. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong. He had never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. And then verse 10, but it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. 
I find that people don't want to hear good news. A lot of people just don't want good news. You know what good news here to, to, to God was that it pleased him to crush Jesus, to send him to the cross because he loved us so much. And he knew Jesus could pay the price. So it pleased God the Father. He was like a, a lamb going to slaughter. He gave it. How did Jesus become sin if he was sinless? He did it by faith. He said, Father, I choose to take their punishment. I choose to pay their penalty, to pay the price for them. And he took it on by faith. And he became sin. He became sickness. He became emotional torment and, and bondage. He carried every sickness, every disease, every mental stress, every torment he carried. And he kept his mouth shut. When his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life. And the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. See, God made sure he had descendants now. He died with no descendants, but he was raised up from the dead to have many, many descendants. We're the part of his descendants. Thank you, Lord. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. Because of his, of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be accounted righteous, for he bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. The Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. You know, when you sinned, you, you had to get a lamb. You would get a lamb and you'd go find the priest. Now, you weren't going and find the priest just to give him a lamb. You were bringing a lamb because you had sinned. And the priest didn't go, okay, Bob, stand there, let me look. Mm-hmm, yeah. You kicked the dog this morning. You back-talked to Ellen. You, you put a, you caused a flat tire in your neighbor's tire. What are you doing, Bob? I'm, that's some bad thoughts you had there. <laughs> and just going through it, no, you know what the priest did? He never looked at the person. He looked at the lamb. He looked at the lamb. What's he doing? He's observing. Bob, you brought the lamb because you're in sin, but I'm not even going to look at you. I'm looking at the lamb. Does a lamb meet the qualifications worthy to pay the price? Yes, Bob. You're forgiven price paid in full look at the lamb that's what happens when we look at the word of God we're looking at the lamb we're how do we overcome the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony my testimony is about the the lamb of glory the lamb of God about Jesus Christ who paid the price who purchased me and now I'm a new creation now I'm a son of God I'm no longer a nobody I'm a somebody in him and it's not based on my worthiness. I don't come to get healed with God looking at me. He's looking at the lamb. He says, yes, 
and amen to every promise because this price is so big and so full and so permanent, I can state it and say it, yes and amen to every promise, everything I've ever said that is a blessing to the family of God, I can say yes and amen to it because this lamb stands for all eternity. This blood will always speak through all eternity, through eons and eons and eons and ages. It will speak and say that the price has been paid in full. And therefore, our worthiness, I don't come, am I worthy to receive forgiveness? No. I look at the lamb. Worthy? Worthy? What about healing? Am I worthy to receive healing? Look at the lamb. Yes. God says yes. Yes. Because it's based on him, not based on us. But what do we try and do? We start trying to get worthy. Well, God, I, I did this. Stop here. He let something we did wrong stop us from receiving. I messed up here. But it's not based on that. It's based on relationship. It's based on my walk with God and what the Lamb has done. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It pleased Father to send Jesus to be our substitute for our sins and carry our sickness and disease. Our image was so marred that our identity no longer resembled what God had called and created us to be. Our destiny, our identity was so marred, we didn't look like a son or daughter of God any longer. But God bore that through Jesus at the cross where now you can have a new identity where the mask can come off where you're alive again and your face shines with the glory of God and people see and know you spent time with him you belong to the master there's something different about you there's a light in you there's a glory in you there's life what is that? that's Jesus let me introduce you and tell you about him you're a carrier of the presence of God the glory of God the cell phone's on all the time the power's there. The power pack is eternal. It's on the inside of you. Glory to God. The kingdom of God is on the inside. It's up to us to release it. And we have to just believe it. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You